Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast for the week of April 18th, 2019. Uh, this week, as usual, I'm joined by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. We're going to talk about Antihero's newest production, the Barracks piece on NFL running back and skater John Kelly, and finally, a discussion of Huff's announcement that they'll cease shoe production at the end of 2019. Antihero's new seven-minute clip. The video did its job, got us thinking about Antihero. What are you thinking, Mike? Uh, I think that's about as good a summation as we could hope for, and that it got us thinking about Antihero, uh, got me thinking about Gerwer's front board little shovey thing over that wall, got me wondering about like big wall, round wall, backside Smith grinds. Um, yeah, it got me. It, it really got me thinking about Antihero, and maybe not even like the the individual skaters in there or. Or much else. I think it, it did the job. Uh, and I know uh, Templeton, like, you like anti-hero, you dislike park footage. And, like, that whole clip was park footage. I, I know you were saying, like, anti-hero, the brand represents a lot of different stuff you aren't that into. So I, I want to hear from you. Like, did you like the clip? Like, just like you said, it's, like, not aimed at me. You know, I'm, like, a Eagle Scout street skater who doesn't drink or do drugs. So what about anti-hero appeals to me? I don't know, but I really like anti-hero, their graphics and their ads. Just kind of like the sarcastic uh, and biting. Like, I guess the writing for anti-hero is always so good. You know, like the series where it's like, I forget what the lead-in is, but the like punchline is try drugs. Which, like, <laughs> I don't do drugs, but I find drug humor hilarious. So it just... It just appeals to me as a brand, but not the skating. And it's kind of interesting because Polar is kind of the, like, the exact opposite. I love the skating. I love the video output, everybody on their team. But none of their products speak to me. It's funny. Like, Antihero's graphics are almost kind of, like, intellectual. Like, they had that series with the New Yorker cartoons and shit. That was pretty funny. But their brand image is, uh, you know, totally like neanderthal like go like drink beer like do stand up front side grinds that type of shit yeah this video made me sad because it made me realize that i'm never going to be good at skating transitions about 10 years ago i started skating ramps and i was like all right i'm gonna put work in i'm gonna get good at skating transition because that's what you do it was super hard like it was a super hard learning curve i was just like well i'm just an old street dog i guess i'm just gonna fucking skate street I had a similar experience. I moved to Portland about five years ago. So I was like, all right, now's my time to get good at transitions. And I think I'm worse at transitions than I was before I came here. Somehow I've gravitated towards every ledge at every park and, you know, managed to not skate as many parks as you'd think. But yeah, I think I'm just not brave enough to go in backwards on a ramp. You're talking like a rock fakie? <laughs> <laughs> I can do rock fakies. But like a pivot fake, you know that thing. Um, what is that thing you do? Like when you go backwards? Yeah, board, it's like a board, board stall. Side, board stall. Like, yeah, on the rail that's at the top of the ramp. What is that called? Coping? <laughs> safety bar. Safety bar. At the top of the half pike. So I, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be that caddy. Like Templeton and I have talked about how I'm. I'm much more per permissive about park footage, because up here in the upper Midwest, half the year, you know, at least four four months of the year. It's spent indoors and there's just uh, like in the Twin Cities, there's 20 plus year history of like indoor wooden ramp skating, both like private places. There was a there was a spot called Piss, private indoor skate spot, like 
that was in the late 80s so there's there's not a lot of dudes who can come up here without knowing how to skate a ramp a wooden ramp to be sure like all that anti-hero shit on concrete it's greek to me frankly like concrete's just scary but uh a buddy who's gonna skate tampa am i remember he was a true street dog like you know didn't didn't really grow up in any of the minnesota ramp scenes and i do remember him uh learning how to axle stall because he was gonna skate tampa am and that that just struck me as funny because yeah up here ramp shits you just kind of learn it because that's half the year so sorry i was being catty <laughs> it's all good i like what you said jason about anti-hero being their graphics being intellectual but their team being neanderthals it's like like a highbrow versus lowbrow all rolled into one brand there's like something for everybody yeah to grab onto yeah when when they started like with fucktards and all that shit it was kind of like uh romanticizing the you know pre-tech sf really like dope addict street lifestyle and shit but I mean, but Julian always had those ads with like, you know, the Celine, you know, book cover, shit like that. You know, he's always been kind of on that intellectual kind of tip. So yeah, Julian's the man. Yeah, they've got like a sacred and profane thing going on that's, that is dope the more I think about it. And just thinking like the current mix of dudes on there now, like they got that Peabody fool. Yeah, Peabody, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a dude there's a dude nicknamed Peabody here too. So I, I had a moment of uh, doubt about that. But they got that Peabody dude, and they got Brian Anderson. You know, our first out of the closet gay skater. You know, like big, well known dude. You know, the most known dude. And they they've got Julian, who's this, you know, what street poet or <laughs> something ridiculous. It's it's an interesting mix, and yet. You watch that video and Hessians like lighting fire, shooting Roman candles out of their butt cracks and stand up frontside grinds, like you said, Jason. It's it's definitely interesting what they're able to put out and how long they've done it too. Like the formula hasn't changed. Yeah, you make a good point that the formula hasn't changed. This video that just came out in April of twenty nineteen could have come out twenty years ago when anti-hero first came out maybe it's a little more tame than fucktards yeah yeah like cardiel's not getting the back of his legs stitched up after i presume he got stabbed so yeah the hell ride's not quite as uh hellacious as it once was thinking about before like uh at what point does your ordinary like garden variety skate trip become a hell ride seems like a hell ride requires some kind of mishap a van breaking down a an arrest or some other run-in with authorities. Some bad shit's got to happen. And I imagine after so many trips, these guys have it pretty well figured out. So they can just kind of roll yeah, with yeah. it and not get into much trouble if they want if they want to avoid it. Yeah, like sleeping at the bottom of the bowl, like under the vert ramp and shit. That's a given. That's just like a baseline. Hell ride type shit, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I might be referencing what's like considered the original hell ride, but I feel like a stop at that weird ancient concrete park in Quito, Ecuador. Like, yeah, that, yeah. There's it seems like a prerequisite. Weird, uh, yeah, there's always some crazy like unimaginable concrete park in the middle of nowhere in like South America or South Africa that no one skated in like 20 years and you got to drain it and all that shit. Yeah, that's definitely a hell ride uh, prerequisite. If you can find Lee Ralph at the Machu Picchu Bowl, like hell ride. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess a hell ride, it, it, it's like a, um, it's yeah. a pilgrimage to some uh, relic of gnarly skateboarding. And somehow these companies like Grindline or whoever still still somehow get these towns to fund insane, barely rideable terrain that, uh, you know, a handful of pro skaters can can come skate. There was a there was like a it feels like just maybe 20 seconds in implosionistic twin tendency. Jesus, who can say that name? Uh, in that anti-hero clip, there was like a 20 second span where, yeah, it was all 12, 15, you know, stuff that looks 15 feet deep. Backside Smith around the corner. I think Robbie Russo did like, yeah, frontside stand-up grind, you know, 15 feet over the death box, over the other death box. Like, it's it's really rarefied skating, which is cool. And it's also like impossible to actually, you know, there's there's no reference for street dudes like us which is both good and bad i suppose you know i can appreciate it i also have no reference point yeah i i just like i see that stuff and like i've known some dudes who rip big tranny and i just feel like a lot of that stuff's not that hard like i imagine somebody like bucky lasik looks Mm -hmm. at that and is like can't believe these guys are pro skaters all they're doing is warm-up tricks they can't do a heel yeah it's like uh i was thinking about that before like watch these videos people get like super psyched like like uh bang their board and like hoping for like a front side ollie like a front side ollie but you don't have pads on basically like your basic jeff grosso like vert contest run from 1988 yeah yeah i remember uh when oski won the vans whatever park contest tony hawk tweeted something to the effect of finally some one of these bull riders does more than five tricks and a bunch of setup tricks that dude rips yeah oski rips but i think tony hawk was throwing some shade at all the bull riders who get by doing a bunch of setup tricks and just a handful of actual hard tricks which if you watch bull skating you, you know you see a lot of that it's a lot of carving and carved grinds you know all in service of getting to the right point to do the big trick but you know invert it's a big trick on every wall. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's his name? Like, yeah, Raven does some crazy shit. Like, he does, like, uh, those, like, alley-oop, half-cab nose grinds, like, around the corner. You know, really perfect. He does some pretty wild shit on those big bowls. So, shout-out, Raven. Yeah, those are pretty sick. Those feel like a street trick to me. Like, I can relate to, to like, yeah, a yeah. nose grind. You know, it's like, oh, he's, like, nose grinding a curved ledge and then coming into transition. There, There is something to be said for the simplicity of the anti-hero form of skateboarding. You know, it's tasteful. It's not overly tech. It's not the... I remember Andy McDowell... And Andy McDonald had a trick great. Called, called the lottery I make that, I, I get them confused a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are savage. That has to stay in. Man. That was too good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway... Uh, Andy, Andy Mac, he had a, uh, a trick called the lottery flip because it was a gamble whether it was going to work out or not. Fuck, I don't even know where that was going. And now it's got to stay in because it's funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think what that was. It was like a shove it heel and then like a hand flip, hand flip, hand flip. Does that sound right? I don't know if there were that many hand flips, but I think you've got <laughs> the general idea right. Yeah. Yeah, just like on that simplicity, I think antiheroes manage to stick around because you get what you're looking for every time. You know, I don't think anybody was shocked by what that clip was. And uh, we've seen definite other giants fall, you know, 
brands that have been around and were going strong for 20-ish years where they tried to reinvent themselves too much or, you know, mess with the formula a little too much. And suddenly, suddenly it wasn't what everybody liked. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably why they're so popular too. Cause I think someone posted some pie chart on slap, uh, shower, all slap house. Some, and I said that like anti-hero and creature were like 30% of market share or something or some like ridiculous, amount of market share like they were like far and away the most popular in board ring so there you go that's interesting i i wouldn't have thought creature was was that high on the on the list but what do i know i don't think i can get into a creature discussion right now <laughs> i'm not prepared uh but what i am prepared for is a discussion about barracks video this week about la rams running back john kelly I don't know that much about sports and professional athletes, but don't think there's a lot of crossover athletes uh, doing their thing in skateboarding as well as, you know, one of the major sports that gets televised. You guys are sports fans, aren't you? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I'm a big uh, jock. I follow every sport except for golf, pretty much. You get into it. NBA, mostly. Yeah, there's that one guy, Dennis Schroeder, that uh, I think he's, yeah, he's on Oklahoma City now, and... uh he had some footage, like, doing, like, legit, like, frontside flips down steps and shit. Shit, yeah, that's I, impressive. I think, uh, yeah, looking looking for that clip that you're talking about, Jason, I never actually came up with it. I'd seen it on IG, and I was like, oh, this dude is mm-hmm. legit. I think I the, the one clip that I was able to find was Schroeder. Uh, you know, it looks like some fools came up to him and said, hey, here's our board. Do something. And uh, he did, like, a knee-high. Do a quick flip. You know, it was, it was literally do a kickflip and dudes wearing like, you know, pristine Air Force Ones and he does like an NBA size knee high kickflip. And it's like, I think, uh, I think the reason maybe that like we're fascinated with pro sports guys who also can skate is just that like potential of it all because Dennis Schroeder probably doesn't skate that much because I bet it's against his contract, but like he popped a big ass like, kind of mark gonzalez ass wonky kickflip and it was big and it was like it didn't look like he tried that hard and i think that goes you know you wonder what like a lebron could do if he wanted to ollie a bunch of shit you know what 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 potential could be unlocked if you took one of those dudes that are otherworldly athletes and put them on a skateboard i guess that that's that's all my interest in this topic frankly it's like potential yeah yeah, I mean, uh, what's harder, like, being a pro skater or playing in the NFL? Probably skating is harder because, like, if you get plugged into that system, like, you start playing football when you're, like, 8 or 11, you play flag, then you play in, like, middle school, and you play in high school, and you play in college, like, it's pretty easy if you just, like, you know what I mean, if you're physically fit. That's the main thing, like, just being physically fit and uh, just knowing how to run routes and, like, how to, you know, First thing they teach you is like, well, when you catch a football, just make your hands like a diamond, like, you know, basic shit like that. So skating has, I think it has a bunch more different layers to it and like mental shit they have to figure out. Like if you're an offensive lineman, you just basically have to be like whatever, 6'5", 250 and just like, you know, push some dudes out of your wing and shit. Like, I don't think there's that much to it. Like if you're a quarterback, there's a few more things like you have to know the plays and shit, but I don't even, looking at most quarterbacks, like they're not even that in anyway but yeah definitely makes skating harder yeah there's like 
um, any number of stories about big dudes. You know, you get taller than seven feet, and this is pretty reputable. I'm I'm remembering this number, this fact, but I think, you know, if you're a man of a certain age and you're over seven feet tall, there's like a 20, 25% chance that you play in the NBA. I'm not making that up. And so like... Oh, yeah, I don't doubt it. There's definitely dudes who play basketball that are just really big that do it because they're really big. Um, I'm reminded of like Larry Sanders. He was, uh, I think he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He's a, you know, a seven footer and dude was miserable playing professional basketball and he, and he dipped on it. And Oh yeah. He like, uh, had a meltdown. I remember that shit. Yeah. He, he just wasn't having it. I actually props to that (laughs) because more people should take control when uh maybe life just puts them in situations so skateboarding its own is its own thing i mean you gotta you gotta want to do it in weird ways because there's i think especially for people like us of a certain generation a certain age like there was so little possibility of of making money or even getting that good i mean i gave up on i wasn't 20 yet and i knew i wasn't making making any hay as a as a skateboarder so (laughs) <laughs> figured out other stuff to do but stuck with it i guess yeah i don't think i ever thought that i was going to be anything other than just a dude who rode a skateboard you know certainly not pro or sponsored or anything i never even had a shop sponsor it's interesting hearing you guys because you guys are sports fans and you guys you rank skateboarding higher than these other sports but to me because maybe because i don't know these sports i look at them and i'm like this shit is like confusing you gotta like know what to do in this high stress situation when like dudes are running at you i i kind of try to like check myself and my putting skateboarding on such a high pedestal you know if john kelly decided he wanted to be a pro skateboarder he probably could you know he's he claims he ollied a 14 stair on a board with no grip when he was a little kid i tend to believe it just because i think somebody who is playing at the highest level in the nfl is the kind of person who is willing to take risks and is willing to work hard for their goals you know like work harder than most yeah people. yeah so i think yeah, that it's like going to the yeah it's like going to the gym and like conditioning and stuff yeah so <laughs> he could he could take that conditioning to skateboarding and just be like yeah i just was out skating eight hours a day and got really good. So I, I think that if you're athletically inclined, it's a mental thing. Like you could be good at skateboarding yeah. or you could be good at yeah. soccer or whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever skateboard chauvinist I am, for the record, my wife and I have debated, you know, what, what's just, what takes the most athletic skill. And I would probably, because as a skateboard chauvinist, I'm also like an NBA partisan. And yeah, I'll argue NBA dudes, just the amount of stuff that, like the best dudes are at probably take the cake for the record my wife argues that swimming like a michael phelps is uh is the gnarliest athlete so take that as you will wow that that's wild that's a hot take uh, it's a hot take i'll <laughs> i'll tell her that right there. Yeah, yeah boiling the pool with that hot take <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the nba is if you actually go to the game and see like how fast they are and like the shit they do like it's crazy that the level of athleticism is no joke yeah i started playing futsal like four years ago futsal is basically like indoor soccer i've got the athleticism just from skating you know i can run and i can get in people's way but what's really hard is knowing what everybody else should be doing and being able to kick the ball and also know 
that an opposing player is to my right and then one of my players is you know running ahead of them or whatever so I can kick the ball to them it you know it's like a lot of knowledge that I just don't have because I've only been playing for four years but like you know other people who are on my team been playing all their life they just know you know if I'm here this is how everybody's going to react. So, as Did you do much uh, like organized sports stuff growing up? No, I played soccer for one season. And I remember I was like one of the back like defender positions. And we were supposed to stay back while everybody was doing the offense stuff. And mm-hmm. there was another kid who was the same position. And he saw everybody out up front. He was like, you know, I want to go get in the mix. And I was just like, man, I'm, I'm fine just being back here. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was the end of my soccer career until yeah four years ago. Do you get in the mix now? Yeah, dude, I fucking scored a goal like two weeks ago. No, last week scored a goal. Hey, there we go. Yeah, super. It's super fun. Super different from skateboarding. The thing that gets me is in skateboarding, it's like you're in control of everything, or like everything's up to you. You get to decide what trick to do on this ledge. But in soccer and I guess every other team sport. It's not up to you. You have to just react to what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah, In skating, there's always that thing in that back of your mind, like, well, if I, like, slip on this ledge, I could, you know, um, you know, break my arm or whatever. Or if I, like, land funny on my knee, I blow on my ACL or whatever. Football is kind of the same, except there's, like, big-ass, like, dudes, like, coming at you, trying to, like, basically, like, knock your ass on the ground. A little bit similar that way. Yeah, and in skating, you're like, all right, if, if, like, this goes wrong, I can bail over here into the grass or, like, try to run it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, if you're playing a team sport, it's just like, well, shit, this dude hit me while I was trying to get the ball and, like, I didn't see it coming or, like, there wasn't much I could do. So I just broke my leg or whatever. Team sports are just a different beast. I don't know if uh, one thing is harder than another. Different strokes for different folks. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see. What's a what's a smooth transition to Huff shoes? <laughs> I think you just did it. <laughs> yeah, this week Huff confirmed to Jankum the long-running rumors that uh, they're going to cease shoe production at the end of 2019. Uh, now that it's out in the open, what do you guys think is going to happen? Yeah, I was um looking at the team earlier. I didn't recognize a bunch of the dudes, but as far as like the heavy hitters go, these are my projections. Tyler Bledsoe is probably going to just get on like the Nike slowgram. Tam Plunkett is probably going to start getting banned. Dick Rizzo, because of the like the whole quasi connection, like probably going to get on cons or maybe no. Nike. Probably like probably more so Converse cons. I think, he, I think he's a better fit. And uh, Brad Cromer, who's like the heaviest hitter, he'll probably like get full on Nike at some point in the near future. It's the most conspiracy-minded shoe company for Cromer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, with the crazy conspiracy theories. Um, I I don't know. They're they're wrapped up with theories, aren't they? They're doing collaboration stuff with theories, which is obviously uh, Yeah, maybe State. Is State still around? Is State footwear still out there doing it? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, maybe someone would get on there. I don't know. Hey, I I like this game. Mike, where do you think Bledsoe, Plunkett, Dick Rizzo, and Cromer are going to go? I mean, I, I would, I would, I'm just seeing on the notes here, on Nike until proven otherwise. I, I kind of yeah, like that that's, theory for all of them. Props that's to Jason. pretty much everyone. What, Bledsoe? Bledsoe's a Portland dude. He knows Nike pools. Nike. Plunkett? 
Jeez, I might just I just might match all the all the answers. Plunkett, he's a good Vans fit. Dick Rizzo, I was saying cons before that came up. Cromer. You know what? New Balance. I could see that happening. Oh shit! That's a, that's a hot take. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a that's a smart move. That'd be a, a good move for New Balance. I think he'd fit pretty well with the team. I, I think that's a good take. For me, I'm gonna say Bledsoe Nike, Plunkett Nike. Plunkett used to be in oh, with Nike before yeah. Huff, so I think that's pretty plausible. Um, but I think he'll be like Nike homie flow. I think Plunkett is kind of uh, in the twilight of his career. Mm. Um, Dick Rizzo, hmm, that's a tough one. I could see him skating those Air Force Twos for some reason. That 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 just came as a vision to me. <laughs> I, I like that. You're getting visions now. There's uh, this weird, like, kind of chunky soul thing. It's it just happened, man. I hope we see it. Then we can we can <laughs> play this podcast. Are those, back. are those good? Are those good for skating? I've never seen anyone uh, skate those except for like uh, Kevin Bradley or something. I mean, like I wear dunk mids religiously. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm strictly Air Force Twos. I'm all about Bruins. I just ride the Bruins. Uh, the soles, both on on any of those Air Forces, the soles trip me out. So I I don't think I could skate them. But I don't know. It's that Dick Rizzo in Air Force Two vision. I'm gonna just be contrarian, and I'm gonna say Dick Rizzo on Vans with the Quasi connection. Cromer, uh, Cromer to Cons. That's kind of a hail mary. I like the New Balance uh, take, but I'm just gonna say Cons just for the hell of it. Uh, we didn't mention Austin Gillette, but I think Austin Gillette is worth a prediction. What's his deal anyway? Like he has no, he doesn't really have a board sponsor. He's just kind of like, uh, well, I mean, ripping. Yeah, interesting. Austin just—he's only got small wheels, uh, and he's got former. Yeah, he's like a partner in that. So got about that. Yeah, I don't know where don't Austin know. would end up for shoes, but he seems like he'd be a hot prospect. I'd say it's an easy call for some cons and. Uh... Yeah, I feel like uh, it might be the end of the line for, for certain dudes, like your Joey Peppers, which is a tough thing to say since he's uh, he's frankly an all-timer as far as I'm concerned. But you know, oh, yeah. trying to dip into the memory banks of who else is even on that team, like Jason was saying, like it's, it's tough to dig up other dudes. Josh Matthews, was he still yep. on there? Josh Matthews is on. Like they he- had this cool crew of dudes who rip, dudes who skate very tastefully, but... It's like these low-key dudes. I don't know if that played into the choice to shut down the shoe program or what, but you know, I wonder if that factored in. Yeah, it was a very tastefully selected team. Like all their video output was super good. Kind of, kind of sad to see uh, the shoe program shutting down because I imagine that also means that uh, their content creation is going to be a lot less. So we're going to get a lot less footage of Bledsoe, Plunkett, Cromer, Austin. All those dudes, they got a pretty solid AM squad too. I'm sure, those guys will end up being fine. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's really hard to compete here, like a uh, independent shoe brand against like Nike and Adidas. Like, they got whatever, all like all the R and D and all that shit. So it's tough. Now, I guess the only skater-owned shoe brands are as does America still exist? Is America still doing it? America's yeah, there, I think yeah. So. yeah. Soltech is 
Soltech's all all there still, as far as I as far as I know. Yeah, Soltech, State, and I guess that company proper, which looks pretty tight. Some of their shoes look pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. I've got a pro- a pair of yeah, propers. So. They're uh they're good shoes. So are we saying that like Lakai and uh, DC? Oh yeah, Lakai. Are we saying they're are they, okay? I was checking to see if those were like too leveraged at this point to to be considered you mean like leverage as far as like change like being owned by some like hedge fund company or something yeah just been been processed a couple too many times to really count yeah 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 uh, hard hard to say that dc is skater owned or lakai i guess although or yeah i wonder did rick and mike get bought out 100 percent, or are they still still in the mix yeah i mean lakai's still pretty tight like that kid Griffin Gas pretty good. Like Yanni Cruz is awesome. They got all those hands and shit. But like all their shoes are like seem to be the same. Like Volk. Like if you don't, if you're not into Volks, it's kind of hard to find a Lakai mm-hmm. that works good for you. Seems worth pointing and, out that for all our former Huff dudes, like we didn't peg DC or Lakai as a landing spot for any of those yeah. guys. But was that was that like omission by <laughs> forgetting about those brands, or is it just that? Like they exist in in kind of a different place than the other brands that we were talking about. Yeah, maybe like DC's just trying to leverage all the uh, Love Park heritage and all that shit, like with the leases and shit, which is cool. I want to see a lot of those like puff dudes wearing like uh, green and black legacies or whatever. Yeah, I guess I just kind of forgot about DC, which is sad. I think they've been doing sick shit lately, actually. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, they they might be smart to make a run at Cromer or something. I mean. Bledsoe would be sick on there, actually. Yeah, get him, yeah. In, get him, get him in some little links and uh, let the sure. man rip. Wait, the the thing about the links revival is you have to wear at least medium baggy pants. If you're wearing like tight pants, it just looks weird. It looks like your feet are ginormous. So if you're gonna go with the links, you have to plan your fit carefully. Otherwise, it doesn't work. I feel like Bledsoe is baggy enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Pants, we're on the same page. Pants are getting baggier. Just in general, I think so. Most of these guys could probably evolve into a, the right size. One thing interesting about uh, Huff shutting down their shoe program is Dylan Reader now doesn't have a shoe sponsor. Uh, and I know Dylan Reader has passed away, but whenever a pro skater passes away, whatever sponsors they had at the time kind of own their legacy. So now Dylan doesn't have, like, Dylan's shoe legacy is gone. And that's kind of, I don't know, just weird. Were they still putting that model? I know it wasn't the original shoe, but they had kind of an updated version of that shoe that they were still selling. And I believe, like, the proceeds, you know, weren't weren't kept by the company. They, they you know, went to kind of a nonprofit mold. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I think so. I think that one, you mean, like, the dress-type shoe? Yeah, I think that one of those. And I think they still have like a bunch of like the Volk slip-on types going. Well, on the website, the Dylan is the first shoe listed under shoes. They've got a bunch of different colors of uh, a slip-on, like a vulcanized slip-on. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting that yeah, it's it's a pro skater shoe who's no longer with us, and I don't think there's much disputing the fact that it's probably like their most iconic shoe that Huff as a brand put out. Probably that original one with like the crazy thin sole and all that over the vulcanized one that's available now. So yeah, just interesting how that works. Yeah, I think that first Dylan shoe was like kind of helped put Huff on the map. I think that Huff had one of their one of their shoes was kind of like their go to. Um, yeah, the classic. It's called the classic. It's like the classic. Uh, but- 
This one's more like a Chuck Taylor with less oh, of a toe yeah, cap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With the rope, yeah, the yeah. Chuck Taylor. Just like a good-looking, chill shoe. I had a pair. They skated pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty... It, it's it's hard to remember just the way things move, but like that Huff shoe, that classic, was pretty ubiquitous for a second. I worked at a shop probably during some of the better years and like sold better years for that brand and definitely sold the Dylan shoe and sold a lot of their, you know, vulcanized toe cap shoes to, I'd say, a certain sector of skaters that, you know, were making a conscious choice to buy that brand. And also like they liked the brand, but they were also making a choice to not be buying other brands because of it. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll put the theory out there that is the bigger brands roll on. And I mean, they've got about as strong representation uh, by team dudes, you know, it's stronger than ever. It's as good as it's ever been. So just that makes them mightier. I wonder how much that plays into th the fact that, you know, Huff is just folding that part of the game up right now. You know, it just seems harder and harder. Yeah, well, Huff said in the interview that they couldn't compete with the big guys. And also, interestingly, they wanted to collaborate with the big guys. And because they had a shoe program, they couldn't do a Nike collab or an Adidas collab. So now the door is open for those kind of collaborations, which should be interesting to see how those materialize. It makes sense. I mean, hit yourself to the bigger wagon, I guess. Not to be too cynical about it, but why not? Yeah, it's just smart business. And, you know, we talk a lot about skateboarding and skateboarding business but we can't forget that it's a business and uh, the end goal is to make money not necessarily to make iconic skateboarding stuff you know products or content photos videos the end goal is to make money we shouldn't lose sight of that in all this yeah I'll, I'll, i mean maybe punctuate this just with props to keith huffnagel the the namesake himself he sold part of the brand for a shitload of money not that long ago if i remember right yeah so yeah just, i remember uh, Respect to the guy for, I mean, having an ill pro career and then going on to, you know, make the name even more iconic as if that were <laughs> possible and all that easy. So Yeah, much respect for Huff. And it sounds like he's taking care of his riders. Uh, in this interview, he said that he let the riders know, you know, well in advance of this article that the shoe program was ending and they're paying these guys till the end of the year and they're happy for them to slide into new contracts as soon as they can. So I, I think that's pretty respectable well i think uh you know if they're if they're doing some good business practices i'm probably stoked on that let's see as we wrap things up jason what are you stoked on this week all right what am i stoked on this week well most of all it's uh, the nba playoff time first weekend of the nba playoffs is always amazing it's like it's like the NCAA tournament, except with people that are really, really good at basketball. So that's sick, just to watch <laughs> the NBA playoffs last like four days and shit. Um, that new Alexis Ramirez part is pretty good. It's kind of hard to keep track of all like the Skate Mafia <laughs> videos because they're like they all have named like Skate Mafia video 2015, Skate Mafia video 2017, Skate Mafia video 2018. Like, yeah, I mean that kid rips. He does this one trick that I've only seen uh, Kalis do, like the backside 270 nose blunt. Yeah. But he comes out, like a backside 270 nose blunt, but he comes out to fakie, which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, and there's also some other Skate Mafia dudes there. Skate Mafia is the best because, like, they kind of just do their own thing. I think, like, another 10 years, 15 years or whatever, they'll still be skating those same fucking schoolyards with the benches. and 
doing no slide variations and shit. So yeah, definitely back team mafia and uh, this kid like this from your new rips. And third thing, this guy. I know like truck videos are so hot right now, like truck sponsor videos. Guy has this sick like thunder part. I think at the Santa Monica curves, it's only like thirty seconds long, but it's pretty sick. Stick to that spot back for a while. Swim back for a while. I guess the curb thing. Curves are also so hot right now. I guess. Yeah, that's sick. And also a uh, venture truck, of course. As ever. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on? Well, uh, a preamble to my stoked, which, you know, will really, really riff on what Jason was saying. But uh, Skate Mafia has got some anti-hero in it, in that you know what you're getting every time. And if that's what you want, you're stoked. Like, that brand is unchanging. It is San Diego's rock. So that's dope. I came in wanting to talk about Guy Mariano on Thunder Trucks too, but uh, more specifically, I want to talk about Guy Mariano with a goatee. Like, I think his facial hair choice in that skateboard video clip where he's skating curves and doing like a tailside gap, tailside gap, tailside. Uh, the facial hair choice is really kind of like freeing as far as I'm concerned because it harkens back to like Guy Mariano in the late 90s. Perhaps a yeah, uh, yeah. more <laughs> a more devil may care era of Guy Mariano, to put it lightly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, like it's twelve years since Fully Flared came out, and I talked to a buddy about this like way more often than anybody should. Just how like that Fully Flared part, while there's a there's a lot of gravity to it. Looking back on it a dozen years later, that shit's just way too serious, way too dramatic, and it would be a lot more fun yeah. just to like have ripping just yeah straight up straightforward ripping and you know we got closer to that with pretty sweet and i heard he was gonna skate to that pulp song common people maybe for pretty sweet and so i'm a little bit stuck on like what never was when it comes to that but yeah, that, um, that would the song yeah. in pretty sweet was harsh it's was like supervision it is what it is I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit more charitable but it was still like you know let the dude skate. Let the man know control like he did in that Thunder Trucks clip. And uh, if I have anything else to add, you know, I didn't he start Royal Trucks with Rudy Johnson? I I went and checked the Royal uh, Trucks page. Or am I wrong? I know Rudy had a big part in it. I don't know if it was like Rudy and Guy. Someone maybe like someone else like Carol Todd, but like uh, yeah, that goatee is pretty rad because like yeah, like you said, it reminds me of that like uh. That one trans world interview, like the one trans world where it was like the guy interview and the Costa interview, and he had like he was he was it didn't, almost in like a kind of wanna be like a Mexican gangster phase. He's had a lot yes. of phase years, but that was like Mexican gangster phase. Like he was skating menace boards in the whole video, like wearing menace menace shirts. And, I mean, the whole interview wearing menace shirts and shit. So yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, guy phases for sure. Yeah, it was a, a strong facial hair supervision for that clip. Templeton, beyond Guy Mariano's goatee, what are you stoked on? Uh, I, too, was stoked on uh, Guy's clip, but that's not what I was going to talk about. I was looking for something else on Pinterest today, and uh, I ended up on my art board, and I was reminded of this Art Deco uh, illustrator named Rockwell Kent, and he did a series for Life magazine in 1937 called Four Ways the World May End, and it's just these epic illustrations of solar flare out and uh, degravitization, just some trippy shit. 
and the illustration style is super rad. Uh, he's also a super rad painter. I'll put a link on the blog, or maybe I'll just put all four images on the blog and some links to Rockwell Kent art because it's really sick. Yeah, um, sick. I gotta follow. I gotta follow you on Pinterest. Actually, <laughs> I'm not I'm super now. active at pinning, but uh, I, I lurk. I'm claiming now. Pinterest is the new Instagram. Pinterest is taking over in 2020. Yeah, follow right. mostly skateboarding on Pinterest. Uh, at mostly skateboarding. Uh, I'll need to start that uh, account before uh, I publish this episode. But give us a follow. Let's uh, let's pin some pro skaters facial hair. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> so for links to our new pro skater facial hair Pinterest board. Uh, and other show notes go to mostlyskateboarding.net you can follow me on Instagram at mostlyskateboarding on Twitter at mostlyskate Mike where can the people follow you Uh, I'm both on Twitter and Instagram at mmunzenrider and just for clarification it's Rockwell Kent I thought I heard Rocco Kent which is a pretty badass name but it's Rockwell and this yes, is exactly sorry it works dope so yeah uh where are you at on the internet jason yeah uh, i'm on the instagram at frozen and carbonite on the twitter at carbonite 1994 because frozen and carbonite was taken and writing stuff for quarter snack uh new stuff coming soon new content coming soon on quartersnacks.com all right well uh tune in next week for more um talking about skateboarding on the mostly skateboarding podcast yep shalom <laughs>